Welcome to the Fiscal Physical Podcast. Join us each week as we sit down with the founder of Alchemy Wealth Management and author of Your Fiscal Physical, Ryan Nelson. Tune in to gain valuable insights and practical tips as we simplify complex financial concepts into digestible lessons. From budgeting to retirement planning, this podcast is your go-to resource for mastering financial literacy. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the Fiscal Physical Podcast. Uh, my name is Aaron, and I am your host on this uh, financial journey. I hope you guys have uh, been listening on the different platforms. I know that we've uh, really enjoyed your uh, your feedback, and uh, uh, we enjoy sharing the information, hopefully get everybody a bit more uh, fiscally fit. And uh, there's no better person to do that than uh, uh, Ryan Nelson, the uh, founder of Alchemy Wealth Management. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say best-selling author. haven't looked at the numbers, but he is, <laughs> he is a published author. Um, and uh, Ryan, thanks for joining me today. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. And yeah, I don't know how uh, how you define best-selling author. I know a <laughs> lot. It, it, it did reach uh, number one in a few categories on Amazon, and I know that's what a lot of people use to uh, to define a best-selling book. It feels, uh, I don't know, I don't feel like I sold enough copy, copies to even call myself a best-selling author, but I know by the the definition that a lot of other people use, I suppose it is. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's all you can, as long as it's listed somewhere as best-selling. <laughs> I'd, I'd already have that on a plaque myself, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> uh, but we're, I'm really excited to dive into this uh, this week's episode here. Um, last couple episodes, definitely encourage the listeners to go check it out. Uh, we've been diving into uh, um, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, the tax implications of each, and uh, this always just spawns more questions, and so we're going to uh, do a little little segue or a little segment here on uh, um, you know something that could be could be beneficial for a lot of people here. So. Question for you to start off with here, Ryan. We've talked about Roth IRAs before, and you know, it, it seems like a—I don't want to call it a loophole, but it seems like it's a very something everyone should take advantage of. But are there limitations to it? Is it like, hey, I, I'm can I put? I'm earning X amount of money. Do they? Do I get cut off at a threshold from putting it in? I know that. You know, mm-hmm. I would assume the U.S. government has some sort of, uh, you know, barriers sure. up for something like sure. this. But sure. I don't know if you can talk a little bit about, you know, the limitations or the implications mm-hmm. in that regard. Yeah. So so I think it's kind of funny, too, too right off the bat, um, you know, that, that it almost feels like a loophole to you. Because um, it's funny because it there's other people who it would actually be a detriment to do a Roth IRA, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, so it really is so individualized where... Um, for some people, a Roth IRA, it's like, oh my God, this just seems so great. It almost yeah. feels like a loophole, right? Yeah. And then there's other people who are like, God, it would a Roth IRA would be terrible for me. I'm way better off doing a traditional IRA, right? Yep. Um, so it really is so personalized, but it, it, it's you know you've probably found the right account type if it feels like a loophole to you. Yeah, <laughs> then it, that means uh, you've probably done some good due diligence on the front end and figured out which one makes the most sense for you. Um, but yeah, to your point, there are limitations, right? So um, it, you know, I think you asked specifically about Roth IRAs and, and um, what are the limitations. So I'd say there's a couple of main limitations to be aware of. First and foremost... You know, the government limits how much money you can put into these. So you can't just go drop a million dollars of contributions into a Roth IRA tomorrow. Um, The IRS limits how much you can put in. And right now in the year 2024, the IRS says that you can put in up to $7,000 a year into your IRAs. Um, And that has to be split between your Roth and traditional IRAs. So if you put $7,000 into your Roth IRA, 
it means you can't put any money into your traditional. If you put 7,000 into your traditional, you can't put any money into your Roth. You know, you could split it any way you want, 2,000 in one, 5,000 in the other, or 3,500 in one, Mm -hmm. 3,500 in the other. But a combined $7,000 total that can be contributed between traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. So that'd be one limitation to be aware of is, yeah, they don't let you put an unlimited amount of money into these accounts. Right. And, but that also, I think, uh, stresses the importance of how important it is to contribute to these each year. Mm-hmm. Because if you miss out, you know, if you, you we talked on last week's episode, you know, about, gosh, I wish I would have started contributing to my Roth IRA since age 18. Well, you've just missed that opportunity. You can't go back in time and put in, you know, to Aaron's Roth in year, tw- you know, or whatever year it'd be, but age 18, right. age 19, age 20, right? So, um, you know, if you think about that in the future, it is important to m- try to max out your Roth every year because if you have an influx of money in the future, you can't ever go back and put this money back in the past. So you want to try to make it a priority to contribute to these accounts um, oftentimes each year. So that'd be one limitation though. The $7,000, that's for uh, the year 2024. And that's defined by the IRS. You can find all these numbers on the IRS's website. Another though, uh, important limitation here, and one that I hear talked about far, far less frequently is uh, what they call the, the Roth IRA phase out limit. And it's how much money you can earn and still contribute to your Roth IRA. So if a single person, earn again in the year 2024, if a single person earns more than $146,000, they start getting phased out. So they can start they can they can only contribute some dollar amount less than $7,000, and at the income of $161,000, that's phased out all the way to zero. So if somebody was uh, if somebody filing their tax as a single earns $200,000 a year they would be eligible to put no dollars into their Roth IRA. Ah, okay, gotcha. And then there's a similar phase-out limit for married filing jointly couples um, that starts at $230,000. So if you earn less than $230,000, you can contribute all $7,000 per couple. If you And then that phases out to at two hundred forty thousand. So if the couple earns more than two hundred forty thousand, they could effectively contribute no dollars into either of their Roth IRAs. Ah, that's good information to know because that... I don't want to say closes the loophole that I thought of, uh, but that, <laughs> uh, but it also kind of at least there there are some limitations. So you don't have particularly. I'm just throwing millionaires or billionaires contributing to that. You know, mm-hmm. taking advantage of something that I don't know if it was specifically designed for that sure. or for designed for because you know to contribute seven thousand dollars a year is pretty doable. I would say for most most mm-hmm. couples or, or, or uh, individual who's making you know. We'd use a number fifty thousand before sure. making seventy thousand. Be able to contribute ten thousand dollars mm-hmm. or seven thousand dollars to your account. Pretty doable overall. Definitely, and you can definitely see the benefits over the long term, as we discussed with the different you know compounding interest in time. But yep. somebody who is you know potentially a lot more wealthy than that, I don't know. I don't think it was really designed for that right. person specifically. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to, you know, how all these laws get passed, it's obviously hard to know all the intents, but yeah, I'm sort of of the same belief where, you know, the IRS is allowing these tax exemptions um, to help us save for retirement. You know, if somebody's earning $10 million a year, do they need help from the IRS to save for retirement? I don't know, right? Um, but it certainly seems like if you look at the way this, legi- or look at the way these numbers pencil out, it does certainly, I think you're right, it does seem to be... Uh, it does seem to appear that, yeah, this is primarily geared at helping sort of middle America um, save for retirement. Absolutely. Interesting. Interesting. That is uh, – um, and and I guess it, what, 
in this in this podcast episode like to to be able to teach people about like what what how they can best manage their Roth and how they can use it, it I what would you say the best way to do that would be like with the with, I know this episode we wanted to talk about the the backdoor Roth mm-hmm. um, and so, what, so yeah, yeah. Th- that's, so so um, so what end so so what ends up happening is is so if somebody was earning let's say let's take that single person again let's say they were earning two hundred thousand dollars a year right Mm -hmm. right Um, the question would be how can they still contribute to a Roth they're above this phase out limit Um, are they eligible to to put I mean I just heard you Ryan say that you couldn't put any money into a Roth don't have any option at that point is what it sounds like on paper but I'm guessing there's something yeah so there there are some um, some workarounds there and you alluded to this earlier Uh, it's called a backdoor Roth IRA Um, you'll hear it called some different things back backdoor Roth IRA contribution backdoor Roth IRA conversion Um, I've heard it be called quite a few different things but backdoor Roths and, um, you know, what, what that allows you to do is in turn, instead of putting money directly into the Roth, you can put it into a traditional IRA and then immediately convert it to Roth. Yeah. So let's oh. think about what that means. So there are similar phase out limits for traditional IRAs as well. So if I took an individual who, a single individual married, or uh, sorry, not married, they're filing their taxes as single and they were earning $200,000 a year, what that would mean is they would have phased out of the Roth contribution. So they couldn't contribute directly to a Roth. They would also phase out for a traditional IRA, um, the ability to get a deduction. So again, if we go back to, I think it was episode seven, where we talked about the differences between traditional IRAs and Roth. A traditional IRA gives you the tax benefit in the year you make your contribution, right? So if this person making $200,000 wanted to make a contribution, they would be earning too much to contribute to the Roth. Also, they'd be earning too much to get a tax deduction when they contribute to a traditional IRA. So what that means is if they contributed to a traditional IRA, they wouldn't get that normal tax deduction that we talked about in episode seven. The whole benefit of why you would do it is that tax deduction, right? They would not get that. They earn too much to get that tax deduction. But you can imagine if they put in, you know, let's say $7,000 into their traditional IRA, they got no tax deduction at all, but then they immediately turn around and just um, convert it into a Roth IRA. Then if we think about the benefits of the Roth IRA, they didn't want the tax benefits this year anyways. They were looking for the long-term tax Mm -hmm. benefits. So by, by contributing to their traditional IRA, they didn't get the tax benefits today. Yeah, they don't care. They didn't want the tax benefits today because they're immediately turning around, converting it to a Roth IRA, and now they're still getting the long-term tax benefits. Um, so this is what we call a backdoor Roth IRA. Um, again, conversion, contribution. Again, you can call it whatever you want. But um, it's where you're taking, if you're if you're earning more money uh, than the Roth phase-out limit allows, it would be then contributing to a traditional IRA instead of the Roth and then immediately converting it into a Roth IRA. That is very interesting and good to know that there is that option available. Now, the, the term, and just to confirm for all the listeners who might be like, hey, that's kind of, you know, the, the term backdoor mm-hmm, normally absolutely. means like it's, it's normally associated with like a, a shadiness or yep. like, hey, like, you know, it's okay, but it's frowned right. upon, whatever right. it might be. Is that the case here? Is this totally legal? Everyone can do this? Yep. Like there's, as long as you file, 
you know, I'm sure there's stipulations that go with it, I would assume. Yep. Yeah, so this is both uh, legal and ethical. So, um, yeah, not only is it legal, it is completely ethical. So um, the IRS is completely aware that people are doing this. Um, they've given everybody the, the theoretical thumbs up. Um, there is talk of potential legislation that would remove this in the future. Um, but the IRS is aware of, uh, aware of, um, these backdoor Roths. They're on board. They understand that it's legal. They understand that it's ethical. I don't think there's any, um, again, legal or ethical concerns with these. Um, that said, I don't know that the ability to do this will last forever. There is Hmm. talk of legislative change, uh, when that could get passed, how it could get passed, who knows. Right. Um, but as of today at this recording, um, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of, I almost wish they weren't called backdoor Roths because again, I think you're absolutely right. Most people do have that, uh, sort of first impression like, Ooh, what's going on here? Is he doing something in the gray area? Yeah. No, this is not in the gray area. Uh, this is completely ethical. That's excellent. And that's, that's a great opportunity. I feel like for people to, cause sometimes people might just see that limit and limitation and be like, Oh, I'm over that threshold. I can't oh, yeah. contribute to this. Like, and you're like, Oh, actually, actually we have an option available for you. That Absolutely. Be very beneficial for that individual or couple. Yep. Yeah. I see all the time you know, those limitations throw people off all the time. So it might be that $200,000 income earner. They, there two, two things happen. One, they may not be aware of that income at all, so they're just contributing directly to their Roth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not right. ethical. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right. Like yeah. That, that, that is, the IRS is not okay. The threshold, you're over the threshold. You can't contribute dollars directly to the IRS, or directly to the Roth IRA. Um, but sometimes people will just be ignorant of the fact that there is a threshold there. Maybe they've been doing a Roth for the last five, 10 years. All of a sudden, their income starts creeping up. They get over this threshold. They didn't even know there was a threshold, mm-hmm. right? And so you see people contributing to the Roth when they're not eligible. Um, that's a concern for sure. And again, that just goes back to one of those things. We don't know what we don't know. So it's really hard to educate you. You know, If you don't know there's a, a, a threshold, it's hard to go Google what the threshold is when you didn't even no, there was a threshold. You would never right. think to look that up, right? And so, again, that's maybe a shout-out for working with a good tax professional or a good financial advisor just to make sure you're aware of some of those things. Um, but I see that all the time. The other thing I see a lot of times is maybe that person does cross the threshold. They've heard of the threshold. They look up the threshold. They see, okay, I'm making 200 grand. Yes, I am above the threshold. I have to stop contributing to my Roth, um, which isn't always the case. Now, these can get a little bit complex. So I do recommend somebody, you know, if you're going to do it yourself, you better go do a lot of due diligence before you start doing backdoor Roth IRAs. Mm-hmm. Um, or you better hire somebody that, that, that knows what they're talking about um, because they're, you can get into a mess. Um, I don't want to dive too deep into it, but it's called the pro rata rule. And it's where you have um, where where you have like tax deferred dollars uh, commingled with uh, non tax deferred dollars, and that can become an accounting nightmare. Uh, it's it's technically allowed, but it can become an accounting nightmare down the road that you probably, if you were aware you were doing it, you'd probably avoid doing it. So um, if you're ever thinking about doing one of these Roth IRA conversions, you're probably best off doing some Googling on the pro rata rule and making sure you've done your own due diligence or hired the appropriate professionals to do it appropriately. Oh, I think that's great. Yeah. I think that, and that's sage advice just in general, (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) before you really do anything with your finances, either do the research to make sure that you're up to speed on everything that you've, you know, the consequences that can come with them or make sure you hire somebody who does that full time. Definitely. And that's, you know, everyone should manage their finances, but not everybody has time to manage them, so make sure that. But they they need to get managed in some sort of uh, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of way, and the best way to do that is, 
Yeah, but make sure you're comfortable with the person who's managing your finances or if it's yourself, whatever it might be. But um, that was awesome, Ryan. A little backdoor Roth for all those individuals out there. Definitely take a look at your yeah, your situation. Potentially, it could be something you take advantage of and uh, might work best for you or not. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, so, so if you're one of those people that are over that threshold and still contributing to a Roth, you might want to do, uh, yeah. do some research. Or if you're uh, <laughs> one of those people that's over the threshold and not contributing to a Roth because you thought you couldn't, again, might want to do a little more research. I like it. I like it. We'll, uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be right back, share some uh, personal stuff, and uh, hang tight with us. And now, to put the personal in personal finance. Welcome back to the Fiscal Physical Podcast here. And uh, Ryan, I have a, you know, I enjoy trivia myself, uh, and I uh, uh, wanted to find something that went with the, uh, the financial nature of this podcast here. So uh, um, if, uh, without further ado, I'm going to ask you, ask you a question in Let's regards to uh, uh, Roths. And uh, um, what is the largest amount currently in a Roth IRA? Like what is somebody, somebody's account, what would you say that number is? Yeah, I, I do believe it's it's right at about $5 billion. And that is an astronomical amount of money. And it <laughs> to think about, because we just went over the uh, uh, the, the contribution limits of being $7,000 right, a year. Right. And, uh, uh, but How the heck do you get that to $5 billion? Exactly my <laughs> question. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Like I, I Googled this, and I thought it, I had to Google like seven times because I thought it was a misprint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we talked in, uh, it might have been episode seven about Roth IRAs where we said that they, you know, the first time you can contribute to a Roth IRA was to, uh, 1998, and you can only contribute a you know, in in the scheme of five billion dollars, you right. only can sk- contribute a small number of dollars each year, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I'd say there's kind of two things here. Uh, first, let's do a little education, then we can circle back to this this like this it. question. But so um, there's two important things to realize: is is one, there's a difference. We talked um, about contributions and conversions in some of the the previous episodes. So like that seven thousand dollar contribution limit, that's the most you can contribute like say from your checking account or savings account into a Roth IRA. Uh, we had an episode, was it episode eight? I think it was on Roth conversions. Mm-hmm. And um, that we talked about, you know, in that one, we use an example of somebody who had maybe $100,000 uh, being able to convert that from traditional IRA to Roth. So there's just two things to note there is, is sometimes people will have these large Roth IRA balances and you're like, how would you have gotten that much money in Roth? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it could have been somebody contributing to a 401k, putting in $20,000 a year for the last 40 years, mm-hmm. building up this huge tax-deferred account, and then converting that to Roth, mm-hmm. right? So you could build up this large amount of money. There's no limit on how much you can convert into Roth, only how oh. much you can contribute to Roth. Just the bigger amount you convert to Roth, you just have to pay taxes on all right. that money. Sure. So if you had a million-dollar... Uh, traditional IRA and you want to convert all million dollars to Roth, well, that's a million of dollars of taxable income yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah. If for some reason you want to do that, you'd be eligible to do it and now you would have had a, you'd have a million dollar Roth, right? So oftentimes you can get more money into these Roths than a lot of people think um, through these conversion strategies and uh, backdoor Roth IRAs and these contributions. 
Um, but in this exact scenario, really, uh, to get to five billion, that's still on another level. Uh, and again, I don't know the exact story, but uh, as at least the legend goes, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was, I think, one of the founders of PayPal, and he put some of like the founding shares into his Roth IRA back at that time. Um, you know, this was like 20 years ago. He could only contribute like three thousand dollars or thirty five hundred dollars or something a year to the Roth at that time. Um, but he put in these again founding shares or something of I think it was PayPal. And PayPal just took off, took off, right. and it became you know his stake, and it became worth five billion dollars. Um, and so that's all in the Roth, and it's all tax free. Um, so now he got you know th- think about that, like almost entirely all of that growth is almost entirely growth. Right, he got tax free. Otherwise, he would have had to pay taxes on that five billion dollars. So I don't know the exact details of that story, but uh, again, that's kind of a, a well known legend in the industry. Um, yeah, to yeah. be able to have have the you know you you talk about it like oh cool yeah everybody contribute to your Roth like we did the we did the uh, the mathematical equation like hey if you were eighteen and right, you did right. it you'd have like you know two point something million right and this guy and you know <laughs> yeah Peter Thiel I think his name is he uh um you know has five billion and you're like wait a minute I'm doing something How? wrong yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, impressive need, need to need to explore that a bit more but um yeah it's just a fun fact for the listeners yeah yeah out super there, fun so. it, yeah that's uh, a fun fun story always yeah. But uh, um, awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Ryan, as always. Uh, you know, thank, thanks so much for the listeners checking us out here. You know, with this uh, this information, it can be a, a bit high level, but hopefully we're able to break it down in terms that you can, you know, you guys can understand. And once again, if you have any questions, please send us an email, um, send us a text message, whatever it might be. Podcast at alchemywealth.com is the uh, email address or, uh, you know, just uh, let Ryan or myself uh, know if there's something you want us to cover and we'd be happy to do so. Awesome. I love it. All right, Ryan, I uh, le- want to leave the listeners with uh, the potentially the best quote ever created. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, stay the course. Thank you for joining us for the Fiscal Physical Podcast. Until next time, happy listening, and as always, stay the course. If you have a question or topic suggestions, please email us at podcast at alchemywealth.com. If you enjoyed today's discussion, subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode, and consider leaving us a rating and review on your favorite platform. This helps other listeners like you find the show. For more resources, you can visit Alchemy Wealth Management's website at www.alchemywealth.com or find your fiscal physical, the book on Amazon. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that personal finance is just that, personal. Please don't take anything we say as advice. The preceding content is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It's not an offer or a solicitation, nor should it be construed or relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice. It doesn't consider your personal financial situation or objectives and may not be suitable for you.